0: Welcome to HBRV Lifestyle the podcast. I'm the honey badger here giving it to you straight in the RV business as usual and I'm going to start releasing episodes quicker. So I released an episode yesterday. I'm going to release an episode today and it's just because there's so much information I want to cover this year. Now I've covered this subject on my regular YouTube channel but if you're uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or iHeartRadio or wherever you may be listening, uh, today I'm going to do a video or a podcast episode that I have not done on video, and that is uh, the question on everybody's mind sometimes when you have a side-by-side or you have quads or you have dirt bikes or maybe you have a race car, some kind of towable is do I go with a motorhome or do I go with a toy hauler okay so I'm gonna do kind of a versus today so I'm gonna do and 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 this is not including fifth wheel toy haulers well I guess I could include fifth wheel so we'll do that we'll do toy haulers and fifth wheel toy haulers versus a motorhome with a cargo trailer or flatbed you have to apologize my sniffles today. I'm getting better. My cough is starting to go away, but I still have the bloody sniffles and most of it's allergies, but lately it's it's that damn cold I got from Christmas. It's just still with me even here on January 15th. It's still crazy. Okay. Let's begin with some of the some of the things that a toy hauler offers. A toy hauler offers usually 100 to 150 gallons of fresh water. It generally offers a uh, fuel tank. And it offers, um, especially when you go more than, let's say, a 28, 29-foot box, it actually offers you more overall living space than a motorhome and you got an onboard generator. You know, a lot of things are similar with a motor home is you get an onboard generator, you get a decent amount of storage. Um, a motor home in, in, in most cases is actually gonna have more storage than a tow behind travel trailer. Now a fifth wheel toy hauler, that depends on the brand. Um, your cyclones, your road warriors, your momentums, uh, in some cases, your shockwaves, your sandstorms, they offer pretty good storage, especially pass-through underbelly storage. And especially in the shockwaves and the sandstorms, you're going to get some more cabinet space Especially an open cargo without a garage, um, but a motorhome has some pretty bloody good storage. You got to think that, um, you know, you got the underbelly storage. In, in a lot of cases, if it's a Class A, you have multiple underbelly storages. In a Class C, give or take, you get a little more storage than you would on, let's say, a, a pull behind toy hauler. You know, like a, I don't know, like anything by Genesis Supreme, like a, like a Genesis Supreme, I guess you could put it. But you know, the major differences, if you're going to go versus, is a motorhome is typically going to cost you more money in the long run than a toy hauler. The conveniences of a motorhome are really nice. Um, you know, you can seat all your kids and, you know, if mama wants to get up and make a sandwich or if dad wants to get up and go sit in the back and have a beer or lay down and take a nap. You have that option without stopping. Now, I don't recommend using the bathroom or, <laughs> or passing out on a bed while someone's driving the motorhome, but I'll give you an example. Let's say you're going to head out to Death Valley. You know, you live in California, you're going to head out to Death Valley during the winter with uh, your Razor, your Can-MX3. A lot of that, a lot of the freeways or highways that go to Death Valley are straight, cruise control type of roads. You know, it's, it's a convenience thing. You, could, you don't have to pull over to go to the bathroom. Um, a, a lot of, uh, you know, it's a convenience also, like let's say you want to pull over for the night. You don't have to get out of your truck, lock your truck. You can simply just lock the door in, in, in the Class C or the Class A motorhome and everybody crashes out for the night. So there's a lot of conveniences when it comes to towing your toys with a motorhome. But the inconveniences are, is generally someone's driving a separate vehicle out there with you so you have access. Because let's remember, if you're gonna go get a toy, like a Razor or Can-Am or a Honda Talon or whatever you're gonna go get, you're gonna have the, the you're gonna be out dry camping. Let's be, let's be face it, you're gonna be out where there's no grocery stores to within a. You know, walking distance, Um, you're not going to be in a position where you can just hop. Let's say, for example, you don't take a separate car and you have an emergency. You're packing up the motorhome, you're packing up the entire campsite, and you're leaving. So there's the inconvenience part. And I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you because these are just random thoughts that come up in my head. When I'm sitting there talking to a customer, you know, there's a lot of pros to everything and there's a lot of cons to everything. Nothing is perfect. But let's say you get yourself into an attitude, uh, 27 SAG, okay? That's a little toe behind, it's a toe behind toy hauler, fits most of your side by sides. Let's say something goes wrong where you got to get a part for the your your toy to even get it to get into the toy hauler or into the cargo trailer you are already unhooked from your truck in most cases from the toy hauler you simply all can hop in the truck lock up your toy hauler and head to the, head, head however many miles you have to go to get the part you need to be able to get it going you got an emergency for food or you guys want to just go out and and uh, you know, maybe you wanna hit the local town, it might be 10, 15, 20 miles away, and have a, you know, a, a decent meal, You know a sit-down meal at a, at a diner, you hop in the truck, off you go. So it's, there's the convenience of anything towable versus a motorhome. Now, if you're one of those folks, let's say you're not doing a toy hauler, okay, a lot of times, you know, anymore, most cities and towns have Uber. So if you're at a resort or you're at a lake, it doesn't really matter motorhome or trailer at that point because now it's all about floor plan and and what you guys like because the conveniences of Uber and DoorDash and Instacart and Lyft have made it pretty much null and void that, oh, you need, you know, you're always going to be towing something. But when it comes to dry camping, you are towing something. Now, I do know a lot of folks that don't mind driving a second vehicle, but that's what you're doing. You're driving out, most in most cases, (coughs) of people I know that go out to Glamis or Pismo or go out to the dunes in Vegas or the dunes out in Arizona is that most people don't mind taking a second vehicle out there, a Jeep or an SUV to have just in case. And again, it just comes down to your personal preference, right? That, that's what the reality is, is everything has to do with personal preference when it comes to toy hauler versus motorhome now in my personal opinion it is more affordable and convenient overall to own a toy hauler than it is a motorhome remember something that a motorhome is an extra engine the insurance is a little bit more money and Especially if you're driving two vehicles out to like Glamis or um, you know, Pismo or wherever you're going to go to go race your toys. That's double, not double the gas, but it's double the vehicles that require gasoline or diesel. That's uh, uh, just another engine that you have to maintain. Uh, that's a lot more moving parts to go wrong. So those are just things to think about, you know, when when you're out trying to, you know, kind of come to a conclusion or a decision on which is better or which is going to uh, overall, Basically satisfy you and your family's needs. Uh you know, a toy hauler is just more convenient overall just because you still get everything you need dry camping-wise. Y- you do. Um, you know, one thing that <clears throat> I was telling a buddy of mine, <clears throat> this uh, bottom motor home, he one day he went out for a week. And uh, he ended up having to pack up in the day four, go find a gas station and fill up his diesel pusher because he ran the generator, like most people, pretty, pretty frequently. And he just did nothing but complain to me, go, man, it just sucks. He goes, I couldn't, the generator just stopped working. That's what he called me about. He says, I can't get a hold of anybody. It's a Sunday. I can't get a hold of anybody at the dealership. I can't get a hold of anybody in service. I hate to bug you. I know you're on the road, but why is why is my generator not working? And I go, hey, man, You know how much fuel do you have left? Oh, about a quarter tank. That's why. It's a safety mechanism to make sure you don't run out of fuel. He was livid pissed about that in his opinion he probably would have bought the fifth wheel toy hauler and the truck just for that convenience he could have driven the truck down filled up a couple of you know a couple things of gasoline and drove it back instead of having to pack the whole campsite back up leave with the pusher go down to the fueling station go put diesel in and drive it back and repark it and reput all the height the leveling system down and reset out the awning and oh you know so it's just a matter of a convenience thing there's a lot of us well not a lot of us but there's a small percentage of us that we've owned toy haulers and we want the convenience of a motorhome we've owned fifth wheels and we're just ready for that convenience that luxury that that flip a switch and let's start camping you know there's just some of us that you know we would rather just deal with the second vehicle and the more room and the more storage and the more convenience then deal with the towable anymore. You know, the towable, you need a weight distribution hitch. The fifth wheel, you gotta fiddle around with the fifth wheel hitch. So it, it's just perfectly understandable. This is why I've been saying and say, said my whole career that when you make this decision, I guide you. That's what my job is. My job has always been to guide you uh, towards, what I do is I use my two ears to listen to what you're saying and try to guide you to the right thing I think would work for you. It worked 80% of the time, but the other 20% that people bought what they came in to look for, hey, you know, if they're happy, enjoy. If they're not, hey, man, let's trade it and get you something that's better or something that works better. So there's, there's just all kinds of those things that, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to sit down and write out. Okay. Now there's an old saying that I hate. I just, I absolutely hate the saying, the saying of, Oh, go home and go write down the top 10 things you want in a coach and then tear it in half. You you know, that's, that's very old school. That's a very old school thought process. That's, uh, you know, there's a lot of truth to it. Don't get me wrong, but I think what you have to do is establish Uh, with a customer that something does not exist. Perfect is not a word that comes with the word RV. RV stands for toolkit and sense of humor. And if anybody knows that, I do. Living in a fifth wheel, my wife now understands that it's just... Nothing's ever perfect, and there's always something daily, especially when you live in the coach. There's always something daily you, 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 you just deal with, and it's always the little tiny things. Um, it's the same thing about living on the road, living life on the road right now. It's the same thing as your job. It's the same thing as your home, except for it's an earthquake on wheels, so there's no such thing as perfect. So a lot of times what I tell folks is how much anymore, I ask them, well, what conveniences are you looking for? You can't have every convenience. doesn't exist unless, unless you custom make something that's not an RV. And even then, there's only so much, thing, so much you can fit into a small space, right? So what conveniences are you looking for? What, do you, what, do you, what kind of work are you willing to do and what kind of work are you not willing to do? And that's the discussion. The discussion isn't in, let me tear this lift in half and let's find out what's really important. Yeah, a woman does not want to hear that. If you're a salesperson or an owner of a dealership, look, I have found out through very intense discussions with women of all sorts of ages, it doesn't matter if they're a 22-year-old you know, college student or a 50-year-old you know, 60-year-old grandmother, they all have the same thing stop telling us what we can't have tell us what we can have and that's when I got better, that's when I got better at this business so you know uh, so my recommendation to you guys as consumers is ask the young lady she can be a sixty-five-year-old young lady. She can be a thirty-year-old young lady. It doesn't matter. She is a young lady. You ask her what, what can you work, what, what kind of work are you willing to put in, and what kind of conveniences can't you live without? I've gotten further in life with those two questions than doing the whole tear it in half thing. So that's why I don't tell you folks to go home, go make a list, tear it in half. No. I learned a long time ago, I will tell you something very interesting. I can, I've can. i sold thousands of RVs in 12 years. Thousands. I've lost track on how many trailers and toy haulers and motorhomes and fifth wheels I, I've sold since 2010. I've lost total track of it. But I know it's up there in the thousands because I used to average two or 300 a year, okay? Especially when I was a giant RV. I used to average 180 to 290 a year. And the one thing I cannot remember is I cannot remember ever telling someone, telling you, the consumer, go home, write 10 things that you really need to have. I, I can't remember one of you coming back because I guarantee you that your wife was insulted. You know, I I am the honey badger. I have said some really obnoxious stuff to customers that have bought from me, but I cannot remember that little thing. I can't remember anybody coming back and telling me, you know what, you were right. And they never come back and say that. <coughs> it's a couple of years ago I kind of flipped the switch and it has worked so much better because and it'll work better for you, the consumer, because now you guys can have that discussion of what is not, what is an absolute must. And I'm not talking about floor plan, these guys. I mean, that comes and goes. I've had people come in and tell me they want a rear lounge and they end up buying a bunkhouse. I've had people come in th- trying to buy a bunkhouse thinking they're going to take their grandkids with them and end up buying a, a, a front kitchen. I mean, it, floor plan is all in the eye of the beholder and in the moment of you know that 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 tearing down of what really is going to work and what's convenient and that's the discussion I, I i i think you guys need to have about the toy hauler versus the motorhome right so you know what is you know is it is juice worth the squeeze taking two vehicles out is the juice worth the squeeze to have to take that trailer on and off the truck every time that you tow it around? You know, the other thing I used to get a lot of complaints about, and this is something you have to realize too, no matter which towable you get, whether you get a fifth-wheel toy hauler or whether you get a travel trailer toy hauler, the the hitch makes noise, okay? So uh, the Anderson, great, great hitch. Anderson and and and... Uh, BMW and uh, uh, what was the other one? Reese make a great fifth wheel hitch. Okay, but when you go down the road, you hear clank, bang, 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 clank, clink, clink click, 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 bang, 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 boom, 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 boom. boom. You hear it just sounds. That you know if you're not used to it, it'll freak you out. You know that's why I always warn people. Hey, you know there's going to be some interesting noises going down the road with a trailer or a fifth wheel. Weight distribution hitch especially if you get the solid bar ones which i always recommend the ones that have built-in sway control you hear snap crackle and pop it's like pop snap 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 pop pop especially when you're making turns you know th- those are the convenience things right and then of course money comes into play if you're looking to spend 50 grand or less you're buying an old motorhome so money, budget comes into play. Money down comes into play. These are the reasons why I say, you know, you need to know how much you want to spend and communicate that. Because if you're a 50 grand or less buyer, you're in a toy hauler if you want something new. And you're in an older motorhome. You're in a probably seven, eight, nine-year-old motorhome at this point. <coughs> so, you know, just just... That's the other convenience thing, right? If money's no object, you're going to go out and buy an Allegro bus, Allegro red, 45-foot tag axle, and you've probably got the beautiful car, probably got the Porsche SUV, the Porsche, as uh, Alan Harper would say. But at the end of the day, you know, for the most part, it's how much you want to spend, what kind of convenience you want to have, and then lastly, what's available. So if you're at a 50 grand level, 50, $60,000 level, you know, you're know you gonna be limited in your motorhome selection. You're gonna have a bigger, wider range in used and new toy haulers than you will in motorhomes. If, if you're at that 30, 40 grand range, you're even in worse shape because now you're down to used on both ends. Right, even with them blowing out inventory right now, it, it's tough to find something that is going to work convenience wise, and that, that's where like the hunt really begins, right? You know, so you go, Okay, I'm willing to spend forty thousand dollars, okay, at forty grand, you know, I'm at a right now you're at like a three hundred fifty four hundred dollar a month payment, right? Maybe up to four hundred twenty five. So what what is the convenience factor of everything you look at in that price point and under? And, and, and biggest recommendation to you and the consumer is in this versus, is consult your local salesperson about everything. Yeah, everybody hates salespeople, I know. But most guys, if you find one that has knowledge like I do or some knowledge like I do, which there's a lot of them out there, guys, and you gave them all the parameters, budget, and you're not, even if you're unsure, even if you're like, man, I don't know if I want a motorhome or a trailer, at least let them show you what they have on the lot and let them, she, that way you can at least see what 40 grand gets you in your market. That, when, if you, and, and don't do this alone, guys, men, husbands, don't go do this on your own your wife will never agree with what you're looking for you need to take her personally down there the very first time you decide you want to shop for this and you need to show her what 40 grand buys so you can sit and have the discussion of convenience I'm gonna guarantee you that if your wife is anything like mine you're gonna have an easier time doing this if you don't go out and go I found three things under 40 grand that will work but you didn't show her everything under 40 grand you showed her what you think works at 40 grand big mistake that's worse than the mistake of tearing the list in half so husbands do yourselves a favor happy wife happy life in this respect take her shopping at the same time you're gonna go shopping and see everything that is at your budget or less that fits what you're trying to do. In this case, toy hauler versus motorhome. You know, I, and it's the old axiom of diesel versus gas. Guys, that doesn't matter anymore as much as it used to. You used to only get 3,500 pounds, maybe 5,000 pounds of tow capacity out of a gas motor a gas a, a gas c nowadays they do 7500 some of them do up to ten thousand pounds depending on what brand and 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 what the gear ratio is and all that stuff you know so so if you're towing a razor or a can mx3 or a few dirt bikes and quads gas versus diesel is all personal preference right so i always tell people nowadays if you're buying diesel you're either one of three people One, you're towing 15,000 pounds or more. So you got, you know, you're taking the shop, the race car. Maybe you're one of those folks that has a ranch and you got a lot of horses and a lot of cattle. Oh, a lot of agricultural animals, maybe. Maybe you're going to tow a tractor out. Maybe you're a construction guy who's going to use it for for your guys on job sites and they're going to tow things like tractors and uh, you know multiple bobcats whatever the case may be the second type of person that buys diesel is you've owned a few things I'm not talking about one or two I'm talking about most folks that have gotten up to the diesel point the Allegro bus the Winnebago journey the Winnebago tour the New Mars all these gorgeous pushers the Berkshire by Forest River the Charleston when you get to this level you've owned four or five rigs and now you're just ready for that you're just ready to move on from your home maybe you're going to rent your house and you're off on the road the other half of this contingent also does luxury fifth wheels big 45 foot live-in fifth wheels. so they're both the same client it's just a matter of Floor plan and amenities at that point, right? The third person that buys diesel is they want to hear. That's a three-letter word. Did you hear the three-letter word every time I said that? Ego. Your ego tells you you need diesel. I need torque. I need horsepower guys i i I did this one so i had a 550 horsepower used beaver on the lot custom custom order caterpillars like i think it's 550 i think the guy had it chipped up to 625 side mounted radiator had a stupid amount of torque but let's remember it's 45 foot and heavy i went up the home pass the Pass takes you from san bernardino up to the high desert going out to Vegas. That's a long, big, tall climb. I i rate. I told the guy I was going to race him up the hill in a 35-foot Winnebago Vista gas coach, back when the Ford V10 was pretty underpowered compared to what it is today, and we took off. And by the time I got to the hill, the, the peak of the hill, he was about two car lengths behind me. I was smoking him. And the only reason why he caught up was because the land flattened out. And as you go down, go a little bit more downhill because he has more weight on me and more torque. He obviously finally caught up and passed me. By the time I got up the hill and to the finish line, he beat me by half of a coach lane. Now, he still bought the diesel because he loved the way it drived. I'm glad I did this with him, but I was trying to get him because he wanted to be 35 feet and under, and this was a 42-foot Class A motorhome. He ended up buying the 42-foot. But my point was to him was like, you're spending $250,000 more for half of a coach length. So, you, you know, it, at that point, it's like you, you got to make the decision. If, if motors have gotten so much better, especially in the gasoline motorhomes, the Ford Class C's, the Mercedes Class C's, the Chevy Class C's, the Ford Class A's, they've all gotten so much better. In fact, the transit chassis has gotten better. So as we we've kind of petered off away from the verses already. We're talking about just diesel and gas is you know, you, you just you, you ha, the convenience form between diesel and gas is a big gap. But it's also a big price point gap too. <clears throat> if you're looking for a 40 grand motorhome and it's got to be diesel, you're really now you're looking at 98, 99, 2000, you're looking pre-2000s. You're looking for a 20-plus-year-old diesel pusher. So budget in the versus, toy hauler versus motorhome, is another big key factor as we've been going over for the last 10 minutes. It's a huge factor. So you have to make that decision. You have to make the decision. And you have to be flexible with your decision too. Meaning, and here's my big meaning behind that, okay? Okay. If you and your wife run into a motorhome that's 10 grand more than you wanted to spend and it's just about everything you want, spend the extra 10 grand. I watch too many people walk away from something that works for them the best over a couple of grand. I actually have a video. I'm in if you're watching this on YouTube, I have, I'll put a link in the description box below with a video about why you're just why being stubborn like that costs you more money in the long run than just making making the effort to just make the extra, extra purchase. Especially your financing. What, what's the financing on ten grand? Ten grand over twenty years. What's the math on 10 grand over 10 years? 105, 106 bucks? Well, guess what? You're going to go to the grocery store for a week instead of going to McDonald's and Starbucks for a week. Maybe if you're a smoker, maybe it's time to quit. Shoot, you quit smoking, you're in the black on 10 grand. So, those are the little things like you just, you got to look at when you're doing verses in your mind. You know, fifth wheel toy hauler. Fifth wheel toy, toy hauler has more convenience than a toy hauler travel trailer and more living space than a motorhome. And you can get very creative with storage. My wife has gotten incredibly, we don't have a lot of storage in our Cougar fifth wheel. Not as much as you would think. When you go look at the floor plan you look at the initial videos prior to us buying it, you know, I told my wife when we bought it, I'm like, you're really going to have to downsize. I said, I know you see a lot of cabinets and you see the pantry and you see the island kitchen and you see all the clothing storage in the in the three closets, or sorry, four closets it has. But I said, by the time we load it, you're going to go, oh my God, there ain't much here. And you're going to have to get creative. And she's gotten extremely creative. I'm actually proud of my wife. She's done just a fabulous job. I, I, I can't, I could not be happier as a husband having a wife that just has taken this RV, this full-time RVing by the rings and gone, yeah, baby, we're going to do this. Maybe not with that much excitement, but, you know, she solves, she's a problem solver, man. I'm gonna try, you know, we, we added the full-time gig thing to the YouTube channel, and that's gotten pretty popular. Um, the other versus thing you really need to understand, and this is this is the one, this is the one that probably hurts the most, okay, is your tow vehicle. You A lot of times when you are limited so let me let me go backwards. The Can Am X three four seater. The average person that puts all the bells and whistles and all the add-ons, is fourteen feet four inches long, by seventy five inches wide. So fourteen four by seventy five wide. Okay, there is about maybe six brands that total about 14 floor plans that actually can fit that side-by-side without playing Tetris. We'll call it playing Tetris. And out of those 14 floor plans, probably close to 10 of them have to have a three-quarter ton truck to tow them. So if you've got a half ton truck, you got F one fifty, a Chevy fifteen hundred, a Dodge, sorry, a Ram fifteen hundred. You know, maybe you got a Toyota Tundra or a Nissan Titan. You may be limited on the floor plans. Let's say money wasn't really that bad. You could spend a hundred grand. You could spend a hundred and ten grand. You know, that's what you're. You know, let's say you set your budget at eighty grand, which is a great budget you're probably gonna have a limitation on how many floor plans you can tow with that smaller truck, or even a a bigger SUV. So these are just the small little things that have to be thought about when we're doing versus. (coughs) And why every single person's um, decision is gonna be different, because it's gonna be based on, you know, obviously, Tow vehicle, budget, uh, and, and those other convenience factors. Convenience factors. Like, here's one. So, some of these guys some heavy, heavy toys. Here, here's a prime example of something. So, Genesis Supreme, Pablo, uh, bought Pacific Coachworks. And what he did was he took the power light and the Blazing and, and sans, sans, sport, sans, yeah, sans Sport and basically recreated them in the Genesis image, gave the Genesis quality to them. And he released three floor plans. They're similar floor plans to a lot, but they're half-ton tollable. and you could put the Can-Am in them. Here's the cat. Not a lot of storage, and no onboard generator. But fifty-eight, fifty-nine hundred pounds dry. That's four thousand pounds of cargo capacity. Um, just, just again, got to check off that box. Can I live with the conven without the convenience of a ge- of a built-in generator? Can I live with the convenience of a portable generator can i live with the convenience of less storage less interior storage can i live with the conven the inconvenience of having to pop that that hitch on and off you might end up in a new truck (laughs) that's why budget is so important that's why having that discussion before you even start the process of even looking is, let's look at a certain dollar amount. Now, you you say, okay, we're going to spend 70 grand. Let's go see what what we can get for 70 grand that fits our needs. And and when you go into a bigger dealer that separates towables and motorhomes, you're going to have a rough time. Yeah, you know, because they're going to roll their eyes, they're not going to want to help you, you know. But, you know, you go to a smaller dealer that has a one bag of tricks guy that's, uh sells both motorhomes and towables, you're going to have a very fun time and an easy time with that person. In fact, you'll probably get a lot of great pointers or great points of view. You know, my buddy Doug Bolter in, uh, at Beaumont RV, he's He's not he's a he's got a land yacht, you know, or not a land yacht, he's got a he's got a crV Uh he has a nice, beautiful bow he goes on Havasu with. And he has such a different perspective when he talks to people about fifth wheel versus travel trailer or you know, motorhome versus travel trailer, or whatever the case may be. His and every time his his insight is a little bit different depending on what you tell him. And it's all based on his experience on a boat and it's incredible uh you know i have a, a friend of mine that's a rep uh that does opus uh travel trailers his name's tim and, and tim has owned an alpha motorhome forever and, and when you hear him talk to customers at shows um you know as a rep he always has a, an interesting insight and depending on what you're telling him depending on what how much information you give him he will give you such a unique and good perspective that will probably help your process and that's why communication is so important between consumer and the business you want to you you're going to um i will tell you that i'm an open book 90 percent of the time i'm a rough open book but i'm a pretty open book when it comes to me dealing with salespeople, me dealing with a company because the more direct I am generally I'm going to get a better response so this versus when you're looking at toy hauler and motorhome you're getting my perspectives right now listening to this podcast but you may get a different perspective from somebody else right so you know again a lot of it is just conversation communication between you your spouse your family and, and the businesses that you're going through a lot of it is, is, is what kind of camping do I want to do? Do I want to do, you know, am I going to mostly do dry camping and I'm only going to take, you know, or am I going to do mostly resort? Here's a good one. What if I just do resort camping? What if I'm just going to go resort to resort, plug in to plug in to plug in, and I'm only going to take the can am out three times a year? You know, that, that's another discussion for you and the spouse about convenience. I, I've seen, <clears throat> I had a family of eight that bought a rogue armored fifth wheel toy hauler. They have no toys, but they're dry campers. They want to go out, you know, on the their, their favorite place to fish in California is the Owens River. And the Owens River off the 395 is 80% no hookups. So it gave them that opportunity. And then I just saw a Facebook post and they, they bought a couple of dirt bikes and some quads. So now they had the, it opened up their range, right? I've had uh, folks that come to me Two, three years later, or used to come to me two or threes after they bought something, and they get into something else because they found out, hell, we don't like dry camping. (laughs) We like the generator. We like the big water tanks. But no, we're not going to take the motorcycles anymore out. We have decided we'll just, uh, but we like RVing. We like going to a place where we can plug in for electricity and have running water and don't have to, you hook up the sewer hose once, and just dump the tanks and keep it open. All those perspectives are very different. And everybody camps different, especially if you're a first-time buyer. You're a first-time buyer. You can't be afraid to make a mistake the first time. You just can't. Don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake of, oh, but what if I make the wrong decision? Trade it in to get what you like. Everybody does not know. How you can get a thousand opinions from friends you can read every blog you can listen to all my videos listen to all my podcasts but at the end of the day almost every single person camps different and you may not know how you really camp in an rv until you've experienced it And and that's the bottom line because stone cold said so So, you you know, I I will tell you that most RVers go through three rigs before they find their last one. I love the joke. People used to come in, oh, I'm going to buy the the last one first. I think I've seen that less than 1% of the time. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, yeah, you'll change your mind in two years. Maybe three. I've seen some people go five or six years before they, they make the decision to go to another direction. I've seen folks sell their rig after three or four years, take a break, come back a little bit later when life changes, to, goes back to a different thing and buy something completely different. You know, that's the beauty of this uh, industry. That's the beauty of, of the RV lifestyle is you can make that bad decision and it can be rectified. Now, in some cases, when you put zero down and, well, I won't go, I'm not gonna go too much into that because I've already beaten people up enough about not putting down payment on a RV. But I will go down the road of, I'm at the Tacoma Show. So if you're listening to this, Prior to January 19th, January 19th to January 22nd, I will be at the Tacoma RV Show with Apache Camping. I'll be in the Clipper display. You guys can come up, chit-chat, and slap me around if you guys don't like my podcast. Uh, I, I know that dealership is just, they're amazing too. Um, also January 19th to the 22nd if you happen to be in northern Idaho I believe in Quarter Lane or Hayden there's going to be an RV show and Bobby Combs RV is going to be there that's another one of my dealers and he they are just amazing folks and and uh, you know I won't be there but my buddy Archie will be in the Freedom Express display you can go bug him and ask him how the honey badger's doing he'll start laughing and calling me going dude what are you doing to me go bug him it's okay to bug him he's actually a good guy he's got a lot you know for a guy who's uh started out in the finance gig uh you know he, he's he's pretty knowledgeable guy He can probably answer a lot of your questions about how things are made so um good dude to talk to so anyway uh i hope you guys enjoyed the show um, if you have any questions, email me at LevingstonRVServices at gmail.com. That's L-E-V as in Victor, I-N-G-S-T as in Tom, O-N is in Nancy, at, or sorry, LevingstonRVServices, plural, at gmail.com. You can also visit me on YouTube at HBRV Lifestyle. Um, if you want to support the YouTube channel for the podcast, that is HBRV Lifestyle Podcast. And then you can also find us on Facebook at Levingston RV Services, Instagram at KJBRV, and Twitter uh, at SeanLevingston7836. Um, hey, I answer stuff live. I answer stuff privately. Um, give me a shout if you have any questions, folks. I'm more than happy to answer them. And a big shout-out to Josh the RV Nerd. He posted something on Instagram saying he's had a little something wrong going on in the throat. I think it's a cold going on. And, you know, make sure you go on his Instagram and give him big good wishes because he's going to be at a show next week in Michigan. All right, you guys have a good one.